Welcome to Healthy vs. Toxic, the podcast where licensed mental health professionals explore what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy or even abusive, all from a scientifically informed perspective. Hello, this is Dr. Brande. Today's question is, what is the theory of needs? So the theory of needs was developed in the 1960s by a theorist named David McClelland. And we use it sometimes in career counseling and in management. So what the theory of needs essentially says is that everyone goes to work because of three basic motivators. Now, this is a psychological theory. So of course, it excludes elements like monetary gain. Most people, I imagine, would go to work to meet their basic needs. But this is another level up. These are psychological needs. These aren't the basic needs like putting food on the table and shelter. So under this theory of needs, also called the human motivation theory, we have three primary needs, achievement, power, and affiliation, APA. And what McClellan believed was that much of the time, one or two of these were dominant. So somebody would primarily be motivated by one and maybe two needs. In some instances, of course, all three needs would be involved and more salient, but most of the time, one or two would really come to the surface. He also believed that these needs were learned. So these types of motivations were learned and not something that was really part of the personality genetically. There wasn't a biological basis for this. So how do these different types of needs differ? Well, if someone goes to work because they want to achieve, they're looking to accomplish goals. And they most of the time want to work alone or they want to work with other people who also have that achievement need. Typically, they seek work that isn't low risk because the reward isn't great if it's low risk. And they also tend to avoid high risk, high reward type tasks. So they're really looking for those middle type of tasks, those that have moderate difficulty as opposed to extremes. And in terms of managing someone who is motivated by achievement, people that are motivated by achievement tend to like regular feedback that's directly about the goals that they are trying to achieve. The next motivator is power. And power is a fairly misunderstood motivator. It actually comes in two types. You have institutional power, also called social power, and personal power. A lot of times when people hear about this theory and they hear the word power, it has a negative connotation, like somebody goes to work because they want to have power over other people. Well, in part, that is true. With the personal power, someone wants to have power over individuals. They want to control people as part of their job. And we do typically view this as a negative trait. However, the other type of power, social power or institutional power, is positive and productive. And people that are motivated by power like competition. And they're okay with the idea that they can win something and that win may result in someone else losing. We call it a zero-sum situation. They also tend to like to influence people. They like to cause organizational change, and they like to 
be victorious in their tasks, including winning arguments. Somebody that's motivated by power really is looking for status and recognition. So they're not really looking for regular feedback about achieving goals like you see with the achievement need, but rather they want status. They want a rank or a title, and they want to be recognized for that. The third need is the need for affiliation. And with this need, we have someone who really values a sense of belonging. They want to feel like part of the group. They like networking. They like socializing at work. And they tend to look for low-risk, low-reward type tasks, sometimes moderate risk, but they usually avoid high-risk, high-reward tasks, the ones that people motivated by power are drawn to. People who are motivated by affiliation tend to be agreeable. And they like working in groups. They don't want to work alone. And they'll work in groups with people that are motivated by affiliation like them or achievement or power. Someone who is motivated by affiliation tends to value collaboration. They don't want to compete. They're not trying to win. They want to work together with other people. And a lot of times, in terms of the negative side of affiliation, we think of this trait as associated with giving in. So when the group wants something or a few individuals, particularly those motivated by power, want something, someone who's motivated by affiliation tends to give in. So people motivated by affiliation are not looking to be the center of attention. So feedback that's given in front of a group or in front of other people is usually not welcome. Someone who's motivated by affiliation wants you to come to them one-on-one and tell them that they've done a good job on whatever task or whatever they're working on. They really don't want to be the center of attention. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who've overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave. Somebody who's motivated by power, the kind of feedback that works best with, for them, of course, status, but any type of recognition should be in front of other people. So it's really not just what the feedback is, it's how the feedback is delivered that tends to matter. So what do we know about success and achievement, power, and affiliation? Well, not surprisingly, people that are motivated by institutional power tend to move up faster in organizations into managerial positions and supervisory positions. They enjoy that type of work and they generally seem well-suited to it. Again, particularly institutional power, not personal power. Individuals motivated by personal power tend to struggle. 
People motivated by achievement typically do pretty well at work. They can get tasks done. Again, they're looking at that moderate risk type task. They value achievement and they tend to be fairly productive. Now, the need of affiliation tends to be associated with individuals that, again, are looking for at the most moderate risk. And individuals like this tend to be productive in jobs where they can make a lot of contact with people, like working at the front desk or some other position where they get to talk to a lot of different people. It's not typically associated with a great deal of success, particularly financial success. So if we were to rank achievement power and affiliation strictly upon financial rewards and how high they move up in an organization, it would go power, achievement, then affiliation. Now, again, even though one type might be dominant or primary, most individuals have all three components represented to some degree. So most people that go to work, go to work because they want to achieve, they want power, and they want to affiliate, they want to socialize. So it's really a matter of figuring out which type is dominant or which combination someone seems to exhibit. Now, a lot of times when we think of this APA model, this achievement power and affiliation model, again, under the original theory, this is thought of as learned behavior. However, when I think of this model, I tend to think of the five-factor model, which is my favorite model of personality theory. And that model has five personality traits, openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and eroticism. And the APA model lines up pretty well with the five-factor model in several ways. If we think of someone who's more achievement-oriented, we think of someone who's generally high in conscientiousness. When we think of somebody who's power-oriented, we think of somebody who's maybe a little lower in agreeableness and also high in openness to experience, and potentially also high in conscientiousness. When we think of someone who's motivated by affiliation, we think of somebody who's more extroverted, higher scoring on the extroversion scale. They tend to get energy from other people and the outside world, as opposed to somebody who's introverted, who gets energy from spending time alone. When we think of the motivator that tends to be most associated with being introverted, it would probably be achievement, but people that are motivated by achievement could be extroverted or introverted. Now, when we think of personality traits, particularly the five-factor model, and we compare it to the theory of needs, one area that really stands out is that personality traits are generally thought to have a biological basis, at least in part. We believe that genetics, biology, explain about 50% of the variance in a personality trait. Now, under the theory of needs, these needs, these motivators, are supposedly learned. So there's a difference between these two theories. When I compare the five-factor model, personality traits, to the theory of needs, I think of the needs as an extension of personality. Therefore, I think of achievement, power, and affiliation as having, at least in part, a biological basis. Now, the motivator that any particular individual has, or the combination of motivators, doesn't determine what kind of work they'll do. It's just a matter of what motivates them to do work. So it does have some predictive value in terms of what type of work they may enjoy, and maybe even a little bit of predictive value in terms of what occupation they'll end up in, but it doesn't determine it. Someone who has a need for affiliation can still end up in a leadership role, and someone who has a need for achievement can still end up being powerful at work. They can 
influence people, and make changes. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. The executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. For more content, please visit our website at arslanga.media. To leave feedback or suggestions, send an email to info at arslanga.media. To find more content from Dr. Grande, including a link to his YouTube channel and his other Ars Longa podcasts, visit our website at arslanga.media. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical or mental health advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.